I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here we go. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Mum are a great team. Yes, yes, we are. And you were great pioneers. Going organic before most people knew what it meant. Yeah, that's right. Your Uncle Brian scoffed, of course. Ah, well, that's his job. Yeah. Called us the Knit-Your-Own-Lentils Brigade. Ooh, typical. All muck and magic, they said. But we stuck to our guns, as it were, and... Uh, well... Uh, the rest is history. Yes... That's right, Henry. Push it fast and then the wheels go round. Oh, he really likes it, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> I shall have to take him to Hollerton Junction to see a real train. Seems to be his favourite so far. He's got so many to choose from. You and Mum have spoilt him. Uh, well, we never forget how lucky we are is here. That both of you are. Let's not think about anything that's going to spoil our Christmas. Yeah. bit different from last year. Yeah. You and I barely speaking to each other. Oh, I remember... Seems so silly now, doesn't it? Well, it did to me the moment I saw Henry, when I thought I might lose both of you. No, Dad, we weren't going to talk about that. We've agreed. We're very lucky. We certainly are. What are you two looking so thoughtful about? Well, just thinking how much we have to be thankful for. And again, I'd like to pay tribute to Colin Skip, who sadly died this week. For many of us, he will always be the real Tony Archer, although we, I mean, we're very lucky to have David Troughton playing Tony now, but Colin played him with such feeling for so many years. Very sad to hear that he's no longer with us.
This is Kerry Davis, sometime Archer's scriptwriter and former Archer's producer. One of the great strengths that Colin had as an actor was that he was able to portray a very ordinary man in a very unshowy way. And as a result, I think he could easily be underestimated. Um, but I was lucky enough to direct the episode in which Tony found John dead under the Fergie oh. tractor. And that proved to the world, really, uh, that Colin was an actor who was capable of a performance of great truth and great subtlety. And I think everybody probably agrees that was his finest hour. So he will be sadly missed. my jacket. It's warm. I'll stay and talk to you until somebody comes. Yes. Yes, that's what I'll do. I'll stay here and I'll talk to you. But what do I say? Dear me. Can we stop putting things on that mm. make me cry every time? <laughs> Cried on stage at Birmingham, crying now. Thank you very much, Royfield. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's the power of these performances, yeah. though, isn't it? It's the power of these performances. It's the power of the writing. Um, <laughs> with a, And then a little bit of sad minor music um you know really this amps up the whole thing yeah. doesn't it something in a minor key but it's just a wonderful wonderful performance and set of performances and i think for me kerry said because i asked kerry this morning I sent him a text and said would he mind doing a tribute and he literally said what i what i was going to say which is if you think back to tony and I know the character of Tony is still in the Archers, but Tony is ordinary, yeah. isn't he? He's yeah. completely and utterly unspectacular yeah. in yeah. every way. So in many ways, um, it's hard to act in a con- in a convincingly interesting way, almost. Because, you know, Tony's just, yeah, as I said, he's just incredibly unspectacular. But you realised, as Kerry said, in, in that performance, in that if it was just that one alone where John, when he finds his son dead 
the the actor was spectacular and and in a way you you connected even more so with the character of Tony because you know he doesn't have his Kenton moments he's not there rocking the mic at the you know the village green he doesn't have um he isn't the family patriarch he is but he isn't you know he doesn't throw his weight around in there's that just, kind of no peggy ego, way or really, anything but no no and and yeah so it made it even more kind of like touching and poignant but uh, the the actor was a uh, was was a, a consummate professional and worked for it was tony for some 40 odd years you know from teenager to uh you know until basically he had to be uh, he had to leave because he was he was ill you know and um i must admit for me in lots of ways he is the heart and soul of of the archers you know in that he has this somewhat nondescript southern voice he's kind of unspectacular he is all about character mm. and not really about plot you know and uh as i said in lots of ways he's at the heart of of ambridge and the archers for me. um what was what i found interesting and i hope this does i'm not i'm not um I'm not taking away from anybody's performance here at all. Obviously, they're both excellent. But it was so odd having listened to new Tony for so many years Mm. now when you played the Colin thing or on Twitter, they played a little clip of of Colin. And I sort of thought, oh, there's Tony. And I will also think, oh, there's Tony when we've got the current Tony. It's interesting how your brain can retain that voice to be that character when it's different it's different do you know what I mean it's different (laughs) it's two different characters playing two different voices but you still you're still retaining them I I couldn't agree with you more and I had so I was going back through the the archer clips on the website to find those uh those bits of Tony and I had to do a double take. There's one from 2014, but it was new yeah. Tony. And I had to go, is yeah, this new yeah, Tony yeah, yeah. or is this old Tony? Yeah. Because they're both and you're Tony. holding it both in your head at once. It's very interesting. Exactly, exactly. Well, folks, if you've been dabbing your eyes with your Kleenex, you'll know that this is Dum De Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that are centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the two years of high-pressure drama school that is Royfield Brown. And with me, I have the frequently unemployed actor, paid to pretend to tip soup over people. That is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of the comedy night at Grey Gables, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumpty Dum is from our Vicky Cole and Crumbs. She, she's been through through the mire in the last week, our Luce, but uh, more on that later. A little bit of a convention here, which is starting to form, which is whenever an actor dies or something sad happens, uh, we get our Vicky Cole out with her violin and she does a somewhat mournful thoughtful plaintive uh dum-de-dum so uh thank you for that vicky uh, now lucy someone wants to send us in a dum-de-dum how can they do that if you would like to sing us a dumpty dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on Speakpipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, to Mike Hatton for his character counts, Shambridge for her voices, and for stepping in so beautifully last week, twice, and to Derek, the Lone in the Back Bedroom. 
Uh, Derek was very interested to hear uh, from Roman about playing a PE teacher and casualty who was speared with his own javelin. Javelin, <laughs> uh, David, uh, Derek, De- David, Derek is a former PE teacher, uh, in case you weren't aware, and had a similar incident when he accidentally impaled himself on a relay baton three times. <laughs> <laughs> well done, you. On this week's episode, we hear calls from Glenn, yes again, uh, Catherine, Rowan Jones, and our Vicky, my Vicky, everybody's Vicky Cole. But first, before all that, it's our Juicy Loose and a week in Ambridge. We began the week with Paul Leonard who is still suffering from a condition called Brookfield patronizus. Basically, the symptoms are every time you express a perfectly normal desire, like not wanting to have your trousers covered in cow shit or taking your romance with your girlfriend to the next level, a group of people in green overalls appear and go, ah, and snigger behind their hands. Poor Leonard looking smart in his suit. Ah, I can't tell if this is just a Brookfield thing or because Leonard's a townie or an archer's thing. But either way, I am surprised Leonard has not gone berserk and lashed out with his countryman mahogany walking stick, which is still in his wrapper as he doesn't want to get muck on it. What he ought to say is, listen, you failed menopausal mummy's boy who still plays with trains and your daughter who can't even organize rewilding, which is basically not weeding. Get over yourselves. Anyway. We had to put up with one of those hilarious bits we all love so much where David misunderstands Leonard and then refused to listen when Leonard tried to explain because that happens so often in real life, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Oh, and after that was over, we went to full Terry in June with David rushing in to congratulate his mother on her acceptance of a proposal that hadn't happened yet. Mm. Not only is this really lazy plotting because it has been done on every sitcom since time began, but also it is incredibly and fantastically disrespectful to Leonard. That man must need his head testing if he actually wants to join that family. Anyway, eventually David said, if you were to propose to mum, we'd be right behind you. Sniggering. David admitted to Hootie that he did find the idea of her with another husband difficult. It's nothing to do with Leonard, Mum, but how am I going to come into your bed for early morning snuggles if Leonard's there? Lily decided to wade in and show Johnny an eyeful of Bella getting a mouthful of someone who was getting a handful of her. Uh, I think it's safe to say that Johnny went into denial faster than Moses in his little basket and started saying, she's not kissing him, she's just resting her tongue in his mouth, etc. Then spun around on Lily and told her she was a home wrecker. Well, Mm. not really. She didn't wreck her home. Russ wrecked his. <laughs> Lily and Russ, as a result, had one of their tetchy rows where Lily goes all brisk and Russ went whingy. But luckily, his ego was rescued once again by his greatest fan, Elizabeth, who is under the impression that she is now the most mentally sorted woman in Ambridge, despite encouraging a highly toxic relationship between her teenage daughter and a massive tit. Elizabeth has decided, based on her apparently desperate desire to bring Russ the massive tit further into the family fold when everyone in their right mind wants to see him on the first train out of Hollerton Junction, to make him the director of Jimmy's ghost stories, based on absolutely no dramatic qualifications whatsoever. Oh, Lizzie, just shag Russ, alienate Lily, and then have another breakdown, will you? Get on with it! We've all got stuff to do! Phoebe put her huge brain and expensive and exclusive education to good use by coming up with a business solution that was sublime in its effectiveness namely sponge off a rich relative. Well, it's worked for the Murdochs, the royal family, so why not? Mm -hmm. As it's impossible for all male members of the Grundy family to be operating functionally at once, 
This time, Eddie drew the short straw, and he is categorically not up for Christmas, or the Grundy world of Christmas, or wreaths, or the turkeys. <laughs> he is the Grundy Grinch. First of all, he was miserable because Alf listened to the vast audience response to his presence and left Ambridge, which was mystifying as Eddie had, uh, as he'd been getting on Eddie's wick for a fortnight. And then Eddie didn't want to pick Holly, which is also understandable as it is really prickly and hurts. I think the Grundys should be allowed a Christmas off. To be honest, they should stop being the comedy turn, get a turkey crown from Lidl and a microwave veg pot. Clary can put her feet up and hiccup her way through the Christmas strictly with a bottle of Prosecco and some quality street. Will and Ed can arm wrestle each other in the kitchen and Eddie can ignore the whole thing if he wants to and go and sit in Joe's Portaloo shrine and have a cry. Before the Grundys <laughs> get to Christmas, they had to get through their wedding anniversary. This involved going to a riotous evening at Gay Grables with comedy waiters who were only marginally more chaotic than the actual waiters at Gay Grables. Emma was dragged along by Tracy in lieu of Demetrios, who once he'd shown Tracy his stifado, legged it back to Athens. And Emma was then immediately abandoned when Tracy pulled one of the actors. Tracy was hugely impressed and clearly deeply fancied Roman, but not as much as harassment appeared to. As a fellow thesp, dating back from Harrisman's brief but memorable appearance as Ginger Spice in a sweaty Union Jack thong, he had to be physically <laughs> restrained from acting out his favourite scene from Queer as Folk for Roman. I would imagine that exchange uh, would have prompted a few thoughtful inquiries from Fallon on the journey home, or at the very least a clump around the back of the head. But we shall see. There was another rude awakening for Neil at Barrow when he finally realised that Hannah should actually be the manager. By the time Neil has finished going, <laughs> Hannah's done a business plan, got sign off from Justin and fired everyone who doesn't call her governor. She shouldn't be a manager because she's particularly, she shouldn't be a manager because she's particularly good at her job, but because she suffers from high self-esteem, sucks up like a Dyson, thinks quickly on her feet and doesn't care what anyone thinks of her. Perfect management material. So I suggest a job swap. Neil can get back into his overalls, in which he's so much more at home than the M&S Easy Care Pale Grey two-piece he's in now. And Hannah can stop throwing herself off ladders to attention seek. They'll both be happy. But when they break it to Susan that he is no longer going to be a manager, I want to be there. The end. Oh, well done you. A triumph this week. Oh, I enjoyed it. The Grundy Grinch. Love a little bit yeah. of Lucy alliteration. Well done. <laughs> Poor old Eddie, though. But why should the Grundies always be, you know, the jolly, the jolly ha-ha face of, you know, um, the, the jolly ha-ha face of the working classes? Why can't they just be, you know, oh, just mm. left to their own devices just to relax and stop trying to sort of make everything into a thing, you know? Mm. Ugh. Well... As you, you've said on numerous occasions before, this thing, uh, this thing that we love is, you know, it's a, it's a, like a layer cake of the English social strata, and the English social strata is still most evident in all of its peculiar forms in the countryside, and the Grundys are supposed to just know their place, and nothing fundamentally good is ever supposed to happen to them. And that is just the way of the world. Just the way it is, Larloose. Yep. Mm. Yes, but it's annoying. <laughs> well, uh, it it is annoying and it feels somewhat kind of uh, repetitive. But hey, I'll tell you what I did think was quite lovely uh, last week was Eddie, uh, when Alf takes off, Eddie yeah. actually was sad. 
you know yeah you know yeah. his dad's gone their dad has gone and he, yeah. he actually did enjoy his brother being around mm. and it was good that al has gone and bits of uh, jewelry cash etc have not gone missing <laughs> as well in fact he left some didn't he yes you he know left he left some money he left you know this the first time mm-hmm. alf left with less than he arrived with <laughs> <laughs> but it was also touching that he acknowledged that eddie had been there with their dad you know and he hadn't he couldn't do it he wasn't that type of person and he eddie had got lots of qualities that alf wished that he had you know yeah. so yeah that 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 was very touching very touching mm. indeed Mm. I didn't like last week's episode, though. To be honest, last week's um, episodes or last. I mean, sorry, week? last last week, last week. I didn't like last why, week. Why not? It was because it nothing happened. Nothing happened. Well, T- Tracy met. The only interesting bit was Tracy meeting Roman, mm. who I think played the cameraman in in and out of the kitchen. But anyway, um, yes, nothing happened, did it? Tell me a thing well, that happened. That was Leonard proposed. Nothing. And... But she no, he didn't propose. Oh, was that yes? Was that Sunday's episode then? Yeah. Oh yeah. God! All right. It was just that ridiculous Tom and Jerry, Tom and Jerry, Terry and June malarkey. Well, no, I think you were of, right. It was a cartoon. You, know, you were right the first yeah. time. It's Tom and Jerry. If, I of, 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 kind of oh no, who in their right mind would go in and congratulate somebody? On, a, on accepting a proposal before you knew categorically that the you know, you wait for the person to tell you. You don't go rush. Oh, it's just the arrogance of the Brookers people is unbelievable. Well, I, I they really do a, think they're the only people in the world. I put it as more fundamental than that. I just think it was kind of clumsily written down to, as you kind of said before, there wasn't, there, there's a whole scene where Leonard, steps in the cow muck yeah and he's trying to speak to david and david's not listening now oh my god omg oh my god how many times are we going to hear that type of nonsense yeah yeah you know if you could just listen a minute tell me later yes all right tell me later darling oh sigh yeah we are better than that we're better than that clunky writing full stop um I like Leonard. I like him a lot. Um, and I won't expand a l- any more in terms of the whole David thing until we get a caller who kind of talks about that. But I hope that he's around for a long time. I utterly hope that he is because the actor who plays him has you know, an utterly charming voice. And I kind of believe him and Jill. And I think it's lovely that they are addressing intimacy with senior citizens and doing it in a very thoughtful way and then forcing us, younger ones, who think that, you know, our parents and our parents' generations, et cetera, don't have sex, don't have intimate relations, yeah. um, you know, to, co- to confront that and to say that just because you are 70 or 75 doesn't mean that... Um, you stop that those feelings utterly stop you know and and i think we we got to congratulate the the script writers for that because they've done it in in a very endearing way 
you know, with David being worried about or, or unsettled anyway about the fact that another man is helping his mother to undress, etc. Mm. You know, so um, hats off. But just so on the one hand, you go, you can do that and do it in quite a sensitive and a thoughtful way. But then you have this ridiculous, I'm trying to tell you something. I'm not listening. I'm trying yeah. to tell you something. Just, just, I'm not listening. I was like, oh, please, 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 please. But hey, um, Joy Horwood and Pat Threesome with Tony. What do you reckon? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, thanks to Sandwiches, I cannot see uh, Joy Horwood now as anything other than Sarah Millican, <laughs> which is even more disturbing. Oh, anyway. isn't that so true? Yeah. Um, uh, I was quite relieved about that because I thought if Joy had designs on uh, Tony, she wouldn't be being as nice to Pat as she was, unless she's really devious, and I don't think she is. Um, But I did think it was interesting that it made Clary Clary thinking, genuinely thinking about... um, uh Clary genuinely thinking about um how she could do something nice for Eddie for their anniversary and Pat's slow dawning realization that actually she treats Tony like a part of the milking parlor and doesn't pay him any you know <laughs> pay him any attention as an individual in his own right at all mm. and she said oh maybe we should do something blah 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 you know I thought that was quite and then Joy going on about you should really appreciate him Pat and all that and she sort of she kind of got that, didn't she? That she was lucky to have a nice man mm. like, like mm. Tony. Annoying as he is, but um, yeah, it's yeah. That I quite like that scene, and also I thought, oh, thank God, they're not going to Joy and Tony aren't going to have an affair, or if mm. they are, it's going to be, you know, it's unlikely given that scenario. Mm. If they were going to have an affair, it would have been Joy and Pat would have had a row. They would have there would have been some kind of argy bargy hostility before it all happened after saying that um our senior citizens can still enjoy each, you know each other's bodies and a bit you know it's a bit of sexual congress can't imagine tony doing anything no like no. it just seems utterly utterly it's a sex vacuum <laughs> thank you <laughs> so though in a way that Robert and Linda Snell, I can imagine. You know, they, they, yes, they, yes. them pair get it, understand it, believe it. Tony, mm. I'm not even talking about Pat. I'm just thinking Tony. No. Well, I think people that, I mean, what did she say? They've been together 45 years. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely think that you do meet couples where the they're so intermeshed that they've actually forgotten that the other person is an individual. And if they're a woman, they've forgotten that the other person is a man. And if they're a man, they've forgotten that the other half is a woman. So they kind of <laughs> see each other as, as, as part of themselves and an annoying part that they don't particularly like. You know, people when people go, oh, I can't bear my thighs. It's kind of like, oh, I can't bear her. You know, it's sort of, it's like that. Um mm. Yeah, and they've just, and I think that's what Pat and Tony—they've sort of morphed into each other, um, and they can't see each other as separate individuals at all. So maybe they do need something to to shake 
shake them up a bit. You know, maybe maybe that is joy. <clears throat> I don't know. Well, I, I, I'm interested to see where this joy nonsense goes. Um, <clears throat> um, but thinking about couples, I was thinking about this earlier, and you do you that Russ and Lily have never had a honeymoon period, have they? Have they ever no. had a period where they were just blissful with each other? But that's, you know, that thing that that old saying, which everybody started t- saying to each other on Twitter when when he's talked about, when he did that really creepy thing about, when you're hurt, I'm hurt. I was thinking, oh, get off. Ugh. Um, <laughs> when When a man marries his, uh, no, when a man marries his mistress, he just creates a vacancy. And that's, you know, if you have, if you have a relationship with somebody that started in that way, it's been angst right from the beginning because you have the guilt of having, you have like 10 minutes of feeling all giddy and then the guilt kicks in and then you have all the stress. I don't even think they've had 10 minutes. No, no, it has just been guilt, responsibility, uh, 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 anxiety. Yeah. And disappointment in the other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they've had to hide it, hide their relationship. They've had money worries. You name it, they've had it. And at no point. So I was was thinking about this with Harrison and Fallon. And we kind of took a dislike to Harrison, us listeners, because he was a bit too treacly. But at least he he was, you know, he... Fully but also, he wouldn't take no for an answer. That's what people... Well, th- th- there was that element. There was that element. But if we move on from, from that, from the harassment, Harry- Harrison, you know, harassing Fallon. Yeah. He took her out. They did nice things. Um, yes, yeah. Etc. They They obviously seem to enjoy each other's company. And there is a lightness. And I would say it's still quite treacly. It's a bit like, ooh. Right, but okay, they're they're in love, and and mm. their love is somewhat uncomplicated. Mm. This pair have had none of that, and and, and I hope to high heaven <laughs> that we're not going to have another thirty years yeah, of rust and lily. It, it'll yeah. kill us. Yeah, it's just like yeah. oh my yeah. god. No, this it really needs to be over in like yeah. maximum eighteen months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I hadn't thought of that. But that's why they're such a depressing, energy-sapping couple, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They both make each other tired out. I think if you get together because you are looking to the other person to fundamentally um, fulfill some psychological need, i.e. Lizzie, it's um, Lily, or it's Freudian. Lily is the the, the daddy thing, and Freud has Mm. uh, the... That was literally a Freudian slip. Russ has this um, <laughs> f- uh, has this sort of Peter Pan need for young girls all the time, so that he can be perfect and he can be idealised and he can be you know looked mm. up to, sort of thing. It's just angst right from the beginning. There's no playfulness. There's no. It's all very intense and all very wearing. There's no sort of frivolity or relax. They're not relaxed with each other at all. Not at all. Not at all. Hmm. But why is it, one thing I don't understand is why the bloody hell is Elizabeth going out of her way to find more reasons to make this prick stay? 
Seriously. <laughs> she's found him a job. She said, of course she must stay. If she made things more difficult for him, it would actually, she's enmeshing him more into the, the, the fabric of Lower Loxley, which is actually making things harder for Lily to give him the heave-ho. I think she feels guilty um, during her breakdown last year, how much responsibility and pressure was actually put on mm. Lily's shoulders. And she looked, and so she feels guilty because of that. And also she realises that her daughter is very capable and is an adult. So in her eyes, she's treating it as Yeah, but one. all the conversations she's she's, her all the conversations we're hearing are her saying to Russ, how are things? I know you're not getting on very well. But she's not having those conversations with Lily, who would be saying, mum, I'm, I'm not sure I've done the right thing. I'm worried about Russ. I'm... Maybe I shouldn't have gone out with him in the first place. Maybe this is what's take. She's just saying to Russ, what more can I do for, to, to facilitate you staying here and shagging my very nearly, you know, well, my teenage daughter? I, I couldn't agree with you more. All I can think is that it's the reasons which I said before, so she feels some level of guilt, responsibility, etc. But also I think it's classic writer's misdirection that we are led to believe that they're laying the breadcrumb trail for us to end up at a place where they're going to go at it like knives, but it actually isn't going to happen. To be fair to Russ, to be fair to Russ, in all the interactions, it's not like he seems to be like goading or flirting with her, but there's always an inference which starts from Elizabeth that she um, she seems to initiate some level of... Im- let's say emotional intimacy some yeah some level of emotional intimacy with him it's it, you know it, it it seems it's from my perspective and i could have this wrong i freely admit i could have this wrong it seems to be come from elizabeth to russ as opposed to russ to her though he seemed to have some affection for her and i mean that in the widest mm. possible sense i'm not saying that he's overstepping any boundaries any marks anything like that so but i think this is just classic misdirection mm. To put this in there just to make us think that ha ha, blah 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 blah, blah. because but it ain't gonna well, happen. It ain't. I was listening out all my all my little innuendo um, uh, radar thingies were twitching when he bought her mm. a cup of tea in bed, and I was thinking, is he going to say something about I like that's you look very nice or blah 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 blah, and there was nothing. It was a totally sexless scene. Not a sausage, literally. So I thought, well, then. <laughs> I thought, well, then, good, fine. Then they're not going to, they're not going to get it together. Otherwise, it would have been sort of foreshadowed a little bit there. I think. Yeah, it, it's just been incredibly messy. If that if they're going to layer that on top of yeah, Elizabeth yeah. and yeah, Lily yeah. as well, yeah. you know, it's like yeah. it'd yeah. be too much. All right. On that note, let's have a little bit of this. Hello, Ambridge3962. And uh, this woman's uh, ditty uh, basically started the show. So let's hear from Vicky now. Hi, everybody. I think I'm just about in time to get this call in before you record. Um, Just wanted to say how much I enjoyed the last show with Harriet and Lucy. It made me laugh a lot and I 
Thank you for that. I could really do with it because I've been having a few health oh, problems. Dear. And it culminated in me actually having to have a pacemaker oh, fitted no. on Friday night. So I'm speaking to you now on Monday. Um, I'm, everything's going well and I'm feeling much better. Um, so I'm sure that you'll be sending me positive thoughts for that. So thank you in advance. Um, about the arches, I hadn't thought, I'm going back a bit now, about Will giving up the house. That was... Mia's home with her mother and I hadn't really sort of registered that Mm. at at the time that he gave it up Um, but of course Mia was dreadfully upset I I felt very sad about that Um, although she seems to be um, handling it in a very mature way now Um, but after that I'm afraid I've been a bit sort of woozy and out of things so I haven't really been following it as closely as I might, but it's all right because I will catch up via the wonder <laughs> that is Dumpty Dum. Love you all lots. Bye bye now. Bye. Blimey. Let me now. I. I oh no. Cool. That must have been incredibly scary. Are you still in Sri Lanka, Vicky? Where are you? What's going on? Mm. I think you should come back here. I, I'm presuming. Well, I'm well. She's well. Vicky and uh, Mister Vicky okay. do come back quite often because I know that she has to come back to keep up her dental hygienist oh, right. qualification. So I'm guessing, crossing my fingers, nothing against the Sri Lankan Health Service, but I'm hoping that uh, our that Vicks mm. that you got sorted over here, uh, and any and that you're all rested up and uh, looking after yourself. Well, if there's, if I mean. You've picked exactly the right right time to have a cardiac incident because there is nothing exciting happening on the archers at all. (laughs) So, you know, a couple more weeks like this and you should be sorted. Pacemaker out, you'll be absolutely fine. The only risk is that you'll slip into a coma, I'd imagine, as will most of the rest of us listening. Uh, A dramatically (laughs) induced coma. (laughs) <laughs> dramatically <laughs> in parentheses <laughs> well listen uh vicky um on behalf of lucy and i and dumby dummers around the world um look after yourself get well soon and um and let's make sure that uh and let's hope that you'll be fighting fit um in about two weeks time so you become on tap dancing on uh on, onto dumpty dum and uh, giving us another rendition yes. of Barwick yes. Green yes. Uh, yes. drum and bass style. There you go. From one stalwart Dumpty Dummer to another one, uh, it's our Glyn. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. Uh, first, congratulations to all involved in the Dumpty Dum Live at Birmingham. Sounded like it was a great event, and I hope everyone has recovered from the celebrations that attended it. Uh, this week on The Archers, um, I'd like to speak about David's feelings around Leonard and Jill. I think his feelings go beyond still feeling the presence of Phil on the farm. It goes to his remaining insecurity about his relationship with Ruth. The fact that Jill can Ah. love someone other than Phil reminds him of yeah. the time that Ruth could mm. love someone other than him. And of course, you know, although the circumstances are very, very different, um, I think the memory disturbs him and 
irritates and reopens the wound from Sam that's never really healed. So I think it, you know, I, I think it's all tied up with his insecurity about his own relationship. Um, one other thing, Phoebe, I do find Phoebe rather irritating. Um, I do suspect she's going to be in for a bit of a lesson in business from uh, from Justin. I'm sure that uh, Justin's rewilding or interest in rewilding uh, is only going to serve for him to be doing some greenwashing of one of his uh, land developments. And we'll see how that plays out. That's all from me. Uh, thanks as ever for the podcast. Best wishes to all in Dumpty Dum Land and have a great week. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know why David's worried. Ruth left weeks ago. <laughs> she's, she's not still on the show, is she? We haven't heard from her forever. But as Harriet said, there's only room for one woman from the Northeast on the show at any one time. So when Joy's there, Ruth has to go. When Ruth comes back, Joy will go. <laughs> um, obviously, with David and his kind of reticence around uh, L- Leonard and his mum, there's been lots of chatter on, on the Twitter with people saying, grow up, man, meaning grow up to David and just get over yourself, etc. And whilst all that is true, um, in my typical Royful fashion, I just think that people have been slightly unfair. David has grown up with his mother and father together. And yes, Phil died some nine, nine years ago. Um it's understandable that he would need to make a slight mental adjustment in the great scheme of things. It's not as if it's gone on for six months or six years with him saying, Nope, 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 Nope. I just cannot countenance this at all. Um, he's just too busy leading his own life with his head in the sand, David fashion to realize really what's going on. And maybe he was just, uh, denying the evidence, which is mm-hmm. on the end of his nose. You know, he just didn't want to, didn't, didn't want, didn't want to confront it, but, you know, human being to human being, if you've only ever seen your mother with your father for some 50-odd, 60-odd years, and yes, I know the father has passed, it does take a certain level of mental adjustment. Yeah, but not that kind of... He doesn't have to make that much of a song and dance about it, does he? Well, but, but, but Luce, I would like to think that if I was in David's situation, I wouldn't. And I don't think that I would, Right. I generally don't think that I would. But in the greater scheme of things, Leonard came to him on the Monday and said, I think your mum wants me to marry her. By the Wednesday, he was behind it. You know, let's just get this all... Yeah, but that's after he told all his siblings, which, um, uh, which Leonard had not given him permission to do, Mm. and also let the woman herself know that that's what was going to happen. You know, you just act like a fucking adult. It's not about Luke, you. You Luke, go, what? I couldn't agree more, right? But I have some level of sympathy because you you confront many things in that situation. Your own mortality, your own relationship, as Glynn said, right? Uh, somebody being just physically replaced what does this mean this man's going to be you know um in the house etc and i don't think i would react like david i genuinely don't think that i would however 
as a human being, I have some level of sympathy for somebody um, having to go and canvas thoughts, to go and marshal their own to come to the right decision. And he did he it in a matter of He didn't need to marshal thoughts. He didn't need to canvas thoughts. Listen, he Leonard did. didn't ask no, him to, to. He did. He did, Lucy. This is not the way <sighs> that you or I would have processed this, right? Anybody but normal. He did. Listen, I, I don't understand, right? As somebody like you who is so good at understanding the human psyche, right? has a massive blind spot here. <laughs> His father, and all, from, the, from the moment he had sense, as a sentient being, his mother and father were, were an item. And as most of us do, not all of us, but most of us do, who have parents who have been together for a long time, you just think it's going to go on forever. Yes, then his father passed. And he just thought, that's it. My mother's going to be by herself on her own. And to be fair to David in that regard, it's not like her mom was going out salsa dancing and, um, no. and, and, and out on Tinder. Like Leonard came out of nowhere, literally came out of nowhere. It wasn't as if she was having conversations with other senior, uh, senior citizens in the village saying, I feel lonely. She wasn't. She was there baking her cakes, et cetera, et cetera. Which is one of the reasons why I think it's so it, it, it's so sensitively done with her with the breaking of the arm for us to realise that Leonard and her aren't just close friends. They do have an intimate physical relationship. Considering when Jill went round to his place some months ago, he said you can be in the put you, you can go in the spare room. And Jill was upset about that. Yeah. There's a whole level of sensitivity and subtleness to this storyline. And all I'm saying is, from you know, look at my parents have been together for 51 years. Mm-hmm. Heaven forbid one of them passes any anytime soon. But if one of them did, and then another one took up with a with a with a partner. I'd I'd like to be wholly and solely behind it, but would I have a little pause for thought and go, this feels a bit odd? Yes, I would. Doesn't mean that I'm not behind it. And I just think there's a lot of things going on with this storyline, which is great that the vehicle of the archers can, can cope with it and can deliver it to us, the listeners. And David, who is very... And I think you said it. You said it before. I don't know the last episode or the episode before. You know the fact that he was quite adversarial towards his dad, Phil, but it was in a classic way of him just wanting to always try new things, and his dad being a little bit conservative. It's just that generational push and pull, wasn't it? And it's another way of realizing that his father is gone because there's somebody else who's got you know who is key to his mother's affections. And he just needed a couple of days to get his head around it. <sighs> Emotionally, is he stunted? Yes. But he came to the right decision, cutting some slack. Can we go on to another call now? Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Oh, uh, folks, the audio on this is a little bit bad. Nothing I can do about it. 
Good evening, Dumpty Dummers Worldwide. It's Catherine Rowan Jones calling in from High Wycombe at 88 Ivy Fox on the Twitters. Sounding unusually rough today. Um, I've had tech issues, but not nearly as bad as poor Lucy and Harriet. Thanks to them for persevering. <laughs> so we got to hear our Dumpty Dum. And I've just caught up on the, the last few Dumpty Dums, hence my radio silence. And I am deeply honoured to have been nominated as a caller winner. Um, obviously, I verbal burble something that appeals to some of you. So I'm very touched and well done with a spoon. Um, deservedly, the award went to you. Now, dum to dum. Sorry, the archers in the last week. Um, some weirdness. What's this Freudian obsession with? Joe's marrow going through the trash <laughs> shredder and Brian pruning his wife's bush <laughs> peculiar. One thing I did really like was um, Eddie and Alf. Um, they, they came to terms. They, they achieved a, a relationship following their dad's death that I don't think they'd really had before. And uh, I really liked that a great deal. So, my big beef this week is a technical inaccuracy. They need a gardener's question time correspondent because who's the actual fuck in the UK uses magnolia leaves for greenery reasons in winter? Yes. And magnolias are mostly deciduous. Yes. Not a thing. Laurel? Yeah. Magnolia? No. Thank you for everything you do. I love you all. You're a wonderful, wonderful crowd. Joan's out. Bye now. Bye. She's always great value, isn't she? <laughs> she really is. My mother also got into, t- into touch, into touch, in touch to say that mm-hmm. she doesn't just contact me via Dumpty Dum. We do, we do talk as well. Um, uh, she said that um, when Phoebe was wittering on about the rewilding and the species coming back, purple emperor butterflies are in a very specific area. They do revolting things like feed on bird sh- uh, dog shit. And um, uh, you can't, ju- they won't just spontaneously pop up because you've created a habitat for them. They are, they are in certain areas for very good reasons. So it's not just like, you know, Justin's going on about will wolves be coming back? And she says, no, I don't think we'll reintroduce wolves. No. La, 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 la. It's, yes, some of it is um, going a bit wobbly on the old nature front. Uh, but yes, I thought that magnolia leaves. What the hell? I've never seen that in a in a in a wreath yes anyway mm. well i i don't even know what you're talking about the pair of you are talking about and because i i is from the city mm. and um yes i did notice the bizarre bit about the marrow putting the marrow through the flipping whatever it was there's some yeah it, 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 even emma was wit was going on about emma's like like mrs historical anecdote it's like she can remember everything that happened. She's now become the number one go-to person for Joe Grundy anecdotes. Even still this week, she was going, oh, Joe, she's talking about uh, the Grundy world of Christmas. Do you remember when Joe put the ferrets down his trousers or whatever it was? I'm thinking, if, if you don't have anything else to talk about, Emma, other than Joe Grundy. So there's the whole Emma thing. All right, and uh, which one about Joe? But it's another kind of budding relationship in the archers which number one i don't believe but number two it's it'll be a battle of of unequals 
Um, Justin and Phoebe locking horns to do business. Mm. I just, on what level does that make any sense? Well, I think it's exactly what Glyn said, wasn't it? Which is just, Justin's just saying this is a massive greenwash. Phoebe will get really mm. overexcited and think that he actually cares about the environment and they're actually going to be able to do some good. And Justin will, as usual, uh, say all the right things and then do exactly what he wants anyway. Just like he did with um, mm. uh, Beechwood and um, the Barrow and um, the the um, abattoir, except he didn't get his own way. The abattoir, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what he'll do. And she'll be all idealistic and... Greta Thunberg, and he'll come along and piss on her chips, her eco-friendly recycled <laughs> chips. Mm. Well, I hope they throw in a curveball because it just and all seems... that guff like, about ooh, Occam's it... razor and all that. You, you know, so do you you have to you know look at that. We've been looking, we've been trying to do this the short, the, the 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 decomplicated way, and there's a much easier way. Why don't we just ask? my really rich family you know i thought that's not that's not amazing insight and business skill phoebe if does anybody mm. could have that thought that did that that thought only works if you have you happen to have various multimillionaires in your family which you do you overprivileged little sod but anyway <laughs> um if i was how old's phoebe she just finished university what 18 months yeah. ago She's about 19 or 20, I think. Six months ago. Well, no, she finished uni. She's going to be more than 19 or 20. She's finished Oh, okay. Let's say she's 22. Let's say she's 22. 23 tops, yeah? Utterly tops, no more than 23. And she's about to go into a boardroom, potentially a hostile boardroom. It's not like like they'll start throwing land away here, there, and everywhere, right? She's going to be up against uh, people that have literally hundreds of years worth of experience in real estate and business. And she has how much? 18 months? <laughs> Six months? Nine months? Right. Well, about two weeks you because they are... hardly ever kind of get to to do any proper discussions, do they? They just endlessly interrupted by David ringing because he's having a panic that his mummy won't be there to warm his pyjamas up on the fire anymore. That's, you know... <laughs> if you are going into said meeting to do a presentation you are not going to go in there naked so to speak For if half a million quid is on the line you are going to get a consultant mm. or five you can afford mm. it even if you say for authenticity's sake i need to do the presentation which i would understand i might argue against it but i can understand that there is no way that you're speaking to a part-time pig man or whatever the hell that one fair <laughs> brother does <laughs> and pip not even a full-time pig man a part-time <laughs> pig man when he's not driving a taxi exactly. around and hmm. It's just, uh, Lucy, on what planet are these people operating on? It just makes no sense. (laughs) My my brother, my daughter says, bruv, I've got this presentation to give and there's half a million quid on the line. Can you help me? I would help him by saying, we need professional help. Yeah. (laughs) I'll help you by not helping you and getting someone that does know what they're doing. Yeah. 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 It's just, I'm sorry, but... 
this whole storyline, I just, hi, hi, hi. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, why don't we? Have we got any emails, Arlis? Uh, no. You sure? Yes. All right. Uh, okay. So there's no emails. So that that's uh, an, another bone of contention, folks, because we actually do need you. If you don't have the work for all to pick up a telephone, well, we have, we have, mm. we have, we've had one, but it was it was um, just saying uh, that uh, she really liked the show. So it feels a bit boastful to read that out. But thank you very much. <laughs> it was from Julia Harfield. Thank you, Julia. <laughs> You're so English at times. Well done. Um, right. So, uh, so folks, if you don't have the word for all or the technical nows to pick up a phone and to call in and to uh, contribute, the least you can do is email. Give us your thoughts via electronic mail. And um, because that's just one way which you can join in with the great big fun that is Dumby Dum. But now the other side of some adverts, it's going to be um, a touch of the socials. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. G'day everyone, Millie Bell here with the Social Media Roundup. We started our week talking about David and his overinvestment in his mother's romantic attachment and I wasn't sure whether to report on this this week because it was covered extensively in the last Dumpty Dum but I thought, you know what, everyone's had a bit of an input so maybe I should. Uh, Hannah Kia said, David's understandably anxious at the prospect of Hootie shacking up with Leonard. The resulting Ruth-based catering arrangements don't bear thinking about. Ellie Wordsworth said, he's just panicking he's going to lose his cook, cake maker and cleaner. Think it will all be a non-starter anyway. Jill will say she's happy as they are and he got the wrong idea. But if not, go Jill. David, just pipe down and sling a load of washing on for a change. <laughs> uh, Deborah Boniface says, funnily, he didn't seem to worry when one of his sons left a random teenage girl wandering around the house a few months ago. Yeah, good point, Deborah. I think he was slightly discombobulated, but he didn't say anything, did he? And Pat Rafe Hanavan said, surely the possibility must have occurred to everyone over the years. Elizabeth is right. Grow up, butt out, and let your 90-year-old mother do whatever makes her happy. 
so much more in that vein, but the general f- feeling is that if he doesn't have a Freudian attachment, it's basically because he's losing his chief uh, cook and bottle washer. Uh, we talked a little bit about Russ. Um, I got really annoyed again. Oh, I'm so easily annoyed, aren't I? When Russ uh, said, uh, kept going on at Lily, and I said, it, look, when someone says it's not my story to tell, what they actually mean is it's not my story to tell. And I was at the reason that I was cross was I was worried about how easily Russ manipulates both mm-hmm. Lily and Elizabeth. Uh, Leslie Daly said sometimes she is easily swayed, but he is more sensible than she is in some ways. I doubt she'd be swayed by him over something she cared seriously for. Mm? Really good point, Leslie. Jennifer Preston said, I laughed out loud when Russ said, it's just you and me, Lily. Yeah, right. And your mum's stately home job and general bankrolling. <laughs> uh Colette Conroy said, Russ is waiting for Mia to get to 16, then he will pounce. Lily will be getting too old by then. Oh, such a cynic, Colette. Um, And Sari Rollison said, don't think she blabbed, because not just gossip about Johnny, but how what he called her is upsetting her. I think she could still have said that bit without uh, blab. Well, I think she did blab. And uh, she tried not to. So uh, another a fun little uh, discussion we had was about who is going to play Father Christmas at the Grundy's World of Christmas. We also said that Yoko Bear was not allowed to volunteer. Uh, Jan Mitchell said, maybe Jezza, Father Christmas with a Scottish brogue. And Nick Mears said, if D, just wait till Lizzie finds out about his secret grotto. Eve. Uh, Martin van der Heuvel said, Lillian, she'll be great as a drag artist. Uh, Witherspoon has nominated Old Grey Whiskers, Claire Asprey, Bert's Father Christmas versus Jim's Spooky Tales. Nice one. And Stephen Bowden said Tracy will persuade Roman to take on the role. And, of course, Yokel Bear did put his hand up and said, me, me, pick me. We can't, Yokel Bear, you're not allowed to do it. <laughs> and we finally discussed Justin, who doesn't strike me as someone who cares about the environment. So I was just posing the question, why is he interested in Phoebe's proposal? And Jaquetta Brown said, it's the sweetener for the council to get the planning permission he wants. A small acreage in an unwanted part, least so ripe for the redevelopment when he's ready in a few years' time. And Marion Barton said, to up BL's environmental credentials, so his other development is looking more kindly upon. Uh, Leslie Daly said it will be financially beneficial for him in some way, not immediately apparent, or it will really annoy someone on the board he doesn't like, or both. Yeah, I must admit, Leslie, I went with it was financially beneficial. I didn't really understand why. Um, But yeah, he could also want to annoy someone, I guess. Uh, Helena Bennett agrees, money or as leverage. So something else he wants the board to accept seems reasonable by comparison. So basically everybody's saying he's a slimy little git and it won't be because he cares about the environment, which is where we started. Um, So I think uh, we had another great week on uh, Facebook. Uh, Sorry, I didn't get to any of our other social media this week. It's been a big week here. Um, But thank you so much, everyone, for getting involved. I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of Yoko Bear next week. Um, I'm going off to the beach next weekend to celebrate uh, my current partner's very special birthday uh, with our family. So I will hunker down for a few days and I'll get back to you the week after. So until I speak to you again, hooroo. I like the way she said my current partner as if he might not be around for very much longer. (laughs) She's got another one lined up. (laughs) This week's partner. (laughs) 
took the words right out of my mouth, Miss Freeman. Oh, let me just oh get comfy on the bed. Right. Uh, so we've we've had a little touch of the socials. I suppose it's a uh, funny mirror headlines now, Lucy. It is. Uh, dog left in car, puts it into reverse gear and drives in circle for an hour. That's from the mirror. And... <laughs> I quite like that one. <laughs> friend of the show, Susan Ray on Radio 4, actually had to read this out and then tweeted it and said, this is perfect. Coming up, the 16 foot tall Christmas rodent that's dividing opinion in the Hampshire market town. <laughs> Christmas rodent. Anyway, right. Tweets of the week. John Porter, pie and a pint. Demetrios is going back to Corfu already? How typical of the archers to introduce such a complex, well-rounded character and then write them out when we've barely got to know them quite so. Uh, Colin Heinink. Perhaps I should talk to Justin myself. No, that's not a good idea. Why? He's just not very nice to talk to. <laughs> um, Bob Hawkins. <laughs> Every time rewilding is said on the archers, a puppy dies. Um, Helen CYB. Mm. Tour of the roof with button to press to hear tape of Nigel's scream would bring in more punters than ghost stories in the attic. And tweet of the week, my favorite, Pajama Llama. Mm-hmm. Clary. You could treat Tony to what I'm giving Eddie for our anniversary. Pat. What's that? Clary, blowjob. <laughs> I didn't see that one come, no. That's what I liked about it. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Right. I'll make sure my mum doesn't listen to this yep. episode of Dumpty Dum. Well, I thought if you're going to end, end on a blowjob, that's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but all of a sudden, I'm thinking of uh, the people on the Flick app. Are you? And the fact that, that yeah, yeah, I, I don't know why. Blowjob, Flick app, I don't know. It just, it, I just make, seem to make that, that mental lift. Um, folks, uh, there are many ways in which you can connect with us here at, at Dumpty Dum and connect with the other Dumpty Dumbers, which is fairly placed all around planet earth and one of them is via our flick app so in the show notes of this podcast quite simply you'll see a link and uh, you click on that link whilst on your mobile device it will open up a whole cornucopia a whole new world of dumby dummies who are talking about stuff and uh, like drew drew from tokyo he's big on the old flick app and there are many others that frequent it also so get onto the flick app if you're not already there and commune with your other dumpty dummers now um, apart from that one way which you can go through our back catalogue is by going on to dumdydum.com and you can see all the shows that lucy and i have ever done and uh, you can even comment on them and some people do not many but some people do and then you can also read Cosmo's wonderful, wonderful podcast summaries because uh, there are something uh, to behold. So that's dumdydum.com. And then whilst you're there, you might decide, well, you know what? I love this dumdydum so much that you know what I'm going to do? Buy a hat, buy a cap, a T-shirt, uh, a <laughs> mug, a beaker, a pair of leggings, even a pair of jeggings with a, with a dumdydum logo um, tastefully slapped uh, and some part of that item so why don't you go on to dumdydum.com forward slash shop and purchase away because it's one way you can help to support the podcast 
uh, by not only looking good, but putting a few little small shekels in our pockets. Talking about pockets, here's an idea for you. Go on to patreon.com and donate $2 per show, and then you get extra content when extra content is made available. So, um, Lucy, um, this is uh, completely unscripted. Um, How are you getting on with Barry and his people setting up your interview? Uh, Well, Barry is um, not great at the moment because he, um, I don't know if anyone saw on the Twitter, but his son has a, um, Barry uh, Farriment plays um, Ed Grundy and his son uh, broke his leg at the weekend and Barry rang the ambulance and six hours later, the ambulance had still not turned up. So Barry ended up driving his child to um, uh, hospital to have his broken leg. Uh, broken leg checked out so um i do hope that or we all hope that um he is now all right and that he is plastered up and whatever else he requires um because that sounded pretty rubbish and really scary because when you're trying to reassure a child and say that everything is going to be all right it's really flipping helpful if you believe that yourself and can have faith that what is supposed to happen is actually going to happen viz an ambulance turning up when you've rung it there's, there's just utterly no excuse for it to be six hours. Where, where does he live? The Outer Hebrides or something? Uh, I don't actually know. A genuine question. I know. I don't know. It's pretty shocking, isn't it? That's why when you when we were mm. saying about Vicky Cole, I was thinking maybe mm. she's better off not. She's better off not being in. You're leading <sighs> me down the path to talk about politics, Lucy, uh, and we can't. We've got to keep politics out of dum-de-dum. Yeah. It's got no place here about the underfunding of our wonderful mm. NHS. I'm just looking at mm. him to see where he is. Just, just, just mm. whilst we're here on this thought and feel free. This is more just like a brain fart of mine. It's something which I've said around many an American dinner table. There are fundamentally three things which bound i believe that bound this country together it is whether we like it or not some adherence to the institution of the monarchy whether you like it or not it is um a universal a british institution the bbc whether you think it is left or right etc etc but it is in most people's affections and we respect the institution of the bbc and the NHS. You take away those three institutions, I don't think you have it. You don't have have a country. That that's how important it is. And I don't know if this bit will even make make, make the show. But um, so let's just hope that, however people vote in the next elections, that the NHS and the utter jewel that it is um, is one of the things which is foremost in our minds. Because I I kid you not. Americans have no concept of going to a mm. GP for free, yep. of go, of falling down a ditch, hurting themselves, and not yep. being handed a yep. bill. Whether they say, well, my insurance company covers it or not, they have no concept. And when you explain to them that you can be ill for years and you'll be looked after by the state, they don't, they they absolutely do not understand it so however you vote um in the next election 
please vote with the NHS in mind because it, it utterly is a marvel. It is a jewel. It's something we should be incredibly proud of. And it, it, it is something that um, my American friends just don't understand. You know, they talk all the time about how expensive, <clears throat> how expensive healthcare is. But we've managed to do it. We've managed to give everybody a basic safety net when it comes to their health because we're a civilised, decent country. Anyway, moving mm. on from that, Luce. So, um, Twitter. We came out of Twitter, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. You and I did anyway. That's how we met. And and Dumpty Dum um, will always have uh, Twitter in its heart. And you can go on to uh, that platform and find me at Royfield. And Lucy is at... Lucy V. Freeman. And of course, if you just type in uh, Dum De Dum, you get Yokel Bear being all funny. And um, though I tell you, yeah, I always feel somewhat bereft when it's a tweet a long time and there's no Yokel Bear because he's got a life to live. So I think Yokel Bear needs to get your priorities in order. <laughs> I <laughs> think you should back in having a life to live and crack on with us. Yeah, exactly, frankly, it's exactly. just rude and inconsiderate. And of course, there are other friends of the show like Angela Barnes. You can find her at Angela Barnes, or there is Shambridge. You can find her at Shambridge. Uh, they are big on Twitter, also. And of course, there is that other social media platform that Lucy hates with with a passion. It's called Facebook. Um, however, um, a few thousand there's Instagram you... that I hate with a passion, but really, I'll settle for Facebook <laughs> as well. <laughs> well, hmm. I hate all of them. I hate all of them. Well, all of them bring certain mental health issues associated with them don't they but for different age groups and for you know and, and uh, teenage girls and mental health issues around instagram is now becoming legion but anyway uh let's not go off on that track royfield let's haul this one back facebook go on there type in dum dum you'll find millie bell yokel bear and witherspoon doing their thing we're not on instagram and uh, that's about it. Well, it'd be very dull to have a radio podcast on Instagram, wouldn't it? But, you know, that many, <laughs> what would we take photos of? Many podcasts manage it, though, because it's, it's more the, the demographic that you're talking to as well, isn't it? And you, you can have little audio clips. So you, you put a picture, then a bit of an audio clip. So you, you, other podcasts do manage it. BBC Radio is quite big on Instagram. Ah. Well, if there anyone wants to do our Instagram feed, a particularly pointless task if you ask me, but anyway, if anyone <laughs> wants to do it, knock yourselves out, love. <laughs> well, the, there, is, there is also, the, you know, the, the demographic, the audience that you're going for. There, there is the platform, and then it's what platform is addressed, what audience is addressed by that platform, sorry. And... By the looks of our clientele, our listeners, as evidenced by the Dum Dum Live, Lucy, I don't know if loads of them are on the old Insta. Some of them are a little bit no. beyond the tooth. Yes, just a little. And just they a don't little. do that. Just they've got better things to do, quite like frankly. knitting. Sod off, knitting. <laughs> <laughs> They're all having sex what they're doing like jill archer oh, that's true 
That's true. Jill Archer having sex. I think that's an appropriate time for us to call, <laughs> call a curtains on this podcast. <laughs> we know it goes on, but let's not visualise it. Good night, everybody. Or bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> that's a nice image for you all to end on, isn't it? Mm, take that away with you. All right, cool. Are we, are we done? We are. All right, smashing. I'll hit stop. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.